Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business, and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. If you get injured, like I said, they move you out of the way. So you have to be healthy for that extended period of time. You have to perform for that extended period of time. And you're all in baseball. There's a term. You're only as good as your last game or you're only as good as your last at bat. And it's always changing. There's always a new game that we don't get breaks. So it was, it was, it's challenging emotionally. It's challenging physically. So that's how we dealt with. All right, guys, another killer episode. This is Donnie Bovine, and today I'm going to bring you a guy that's got the coolest haircut of anybody I've brought on the show. So, you know, I'm hoping his headshots have got the, the, the hairstyle to go with it. But just so you know, it is a blue freaking mohawk, and I love it. I mean, I told him, you either got to be crazy as hell or confident as hell to pull that haircut off, and I think we might got a little bit of both today. So I'm bringing you Drew Taddy. And Drew, welcome to the show, brother. Please tell us your story. Donnie, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Appreciate the Mohawk compliments. <laughs> I rock it. That's how I roll. And you'd be surprised. People are always like, hey, nice Mohawk. And it, like when I walk by kids, when I walk by kids, they stare at me with their mouth open. <laughs> <laughs> and then any type of age, I have uh, seniors that are like, hey, nice Mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, yeah. you know, maybe I should. I mean, my wife would probably kill me, but maybe I should do that just for the attention, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It was, and it was meant to be just a joke, and I really liked it. And I like everyone. Everyone else appreciates it, so I still got it. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Donnie, thanks again for having me. Thank you for your audience for tuning in and, and listening to my story. I'm looking forward to this conversation. So. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so walk us through it, man. Tell us who the heck Drew Taddea is. So for me, I guess to the very beginning, I wanted to be a professional athlete. Well, I think I just I didn't have my height set high enough, I suppose. When I was growing up in Canada, I wanted to be a college athlete. I would sit there and watch football on TV. I would I would see the bands playing, and I would watch these the cheerleaders, and I thought it was amazing. They were playing a sport. They were playing a kid's game. To me, they were growing adults, and I was like, who wouldn't want to do that? So that was a dream of mine to play a collegiate sports. And if you had a, a ball, a stick, or a bat, I was playing it, and I was pretty good at it. So as I moved up and got a little bit older, uh, I knew that I was graduating when I was 18, and that was the time that I needed to make a change, and I needed to do something to get closer to my goal and get closer to my dream. So I uh, started sending letters out. This is high school. I was 17, just about 18, sending all these letters out to sorry, colleges. And I wanted to go the top baseball schools were California, Florida, and Texas. So I started sending out all these letters, hundreds of letters. And they, I would get so excited the mail would come and I'd open up the letter. <laughs> We regret to inform you that, and I, I don't know how many letters I went through. I went through hundreds of letters that said, no, thanks, not interested. Thanks for your interest. Thanks for your concern. And I really didn't have a choice. I knew I wanted to play. I knew I was good enough to play. I just needed someone to see that. So I packed up my stuff. It was a walk-on. So I went to a junior college in Northern California, and I said, I want to play. Someone someone give me a tryout. Someone put me on the field. 
so that's where my journey began. I ended up making the squad, and and from there I can I can carry on. But that's the very beginning of it. Nice, nice. So why such a fascination with with sports? I mean, and not traditional, because when I think of Canada, I'm thinking hockey, you know. (laughs) So is everybody else. Right, right. That's where I thought we were going, you know. Why such a fascination with all these other sports growing up as a kid? I mean, was it was it your whole family got into it, or was this just something that, that you took upon yourself? Yeah, I was, I mean, I loved to play. I don't know where it came from. I, when we were, I didn't grow up with a ton of money. It was like the kids from the other side of the tracks, they had the means to be able to afford ice time, hockey equipment, and everything else that come, comes along with it. So I played soccer. I was really good at soccer. You don't need any equipment. <laughs> <laughs> and then baseball, you, you need a glove. At some points, they throw a baseball glove around, and everyone uses the same glove. So, right. or, or both teams use the same glove. <laughs> and I, I was pretty good. I think, And I think that I, because I loved it so much, I got better. And I, I feel like it's almost a scapegoat for some people to be like, wow, I just wasn't good at it. But it's all reps. One of my favorite books is The Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Mm-hmm. And he talks about the repetition makes you better. You're not just born with these skills. And I just loved I loved to play. And the, the more I played, the better I got and the more I stood out. And, you know, it's fun. Who, who doesn't want to be the captain of the team or who doesn't want to be the best player? So I thrived on that and continued to play and get better as I got older. You know, well, that's interesting. I mean, I don't think everybody wants that that spot. I think it's a, a unique characteristic to some people that want to take the helm of anything. You know, some people are really good at being the number two. You know, and and that's and that's where they want to be. And thank God for those people. I'm not that person, but but thank God we have those people. No question, we need them as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so you get in and realize you've got some uh, maybe innate skills. I mean, I don't think there's a natural born anything. You know, I, I think everything's a learned talent. You may have experiences that lend you to do certain things better than others, but but you know, it's it, it comes down to Malcolm Gladwell ish. There's maybe some DNA in there. Who knows? But at the end of the day, you found some talent and skills in the game. What ran through your head that you could pack everything up, drive several hours south, and <laughs> get on a team? <laughs> I don't know. It was, in, it was insane, and I think about it now. Like I didn't know those guys were insane. Recruiting. Hence the hairdo. We got it. Now we've come full circle. <laughs> Putting it all together. Yeah, who, I didn't know any better. Like who they were. I didn't know that they were recruiting for 10 years like these are the guys I was playing against that they they were being recruited or that they've had someone watching them since they were 12 like I didn't know that I was in Canada and the, the only real at that time this was a number of years ago now but most people only went somewhere in hockey and I didn't grow up playing hockey so it wasn't something I was going to do in in college for anything anything that we do Donna, you probably know running a successful show running a successful business you have to believe in yourself I don't know where that came from. I just b- believe that if someone gave me a chance that I could compete at that level and eventually I could stand out and time and time again through experiences, I've, I've shown that. So maybe just through my own experiences, I believe that if you put me on the field with anyone, I'll compete and I'll be able to, to stand out on, on some level. So that's what I believed in. And I think that's where it came from. That's awesome. I mean, not a lot of people are that tenacious in life. And the reason I say this is I think a lot of people believe they are, but once they get stacked up against it, they won't keep pushing through and and actually 
following through to get that tenacity behind them. What do you think that comes from? Where do I think that comes from? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some people are born I didn't tell you I was going to make take it and make it as easy for you. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like tough questions. I don't know if there's an answer for that. I think some people are, are born with that. I think some there was some form of rejection early on in life. I always stood out a bit. I was always a bit different, and now I'm a lot different <laughs> in different ways. I, I, maybe maybe some of the things that I went through, there, like I was, I was picked on a bit um, before I became an athlete. I was a skinnier kid. Maybe that some of that rejection I dealt with at a younger age helped me progress and be like, I don't care how many times I get cut or how many rejection letters I'm going to make or, or I receive, I'm, I'm going to make a team. So when you said there's some people like – a lot of people that I went, a lot of players that I've grew up with went to Canada or sorry, went to the U S to play. And then in, in a month or two, they turned around and came home. They're like, sorry, not interested. Like we grew, I grew up playing 16 games in a full season in Canada because our season's so short. They play, I got down there and we played 30 games in a preseason. <laughs> and then I was like, what am I doing here? I played I've, my four years of high school is, one season of theirs. <laughs> so I was, I was overmatched and I, and I was, my skills weren't there. I didn't have the coaching. It was just a determination to, to keep myself there that got me to stay and get to the next level. Yeah. And that's wild because that's a lot of fight and it's a lot of conditioning too. I mean, to go from a season that's so short to have to ramp up to that level, did your cardio game go through the roof? Would you find yourself putting in the extra hours at the gym and everything else? Or were you just young and spry enough that your body was able to keep up? Yeah, probably a little bit of both, but it was like cardio's like doesn't really have a lot to do with baseball. Well, that's true because it's because all you do is sit there until the balls hit to you. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> it's a quick twitch, like quick twitch muscle sport. You have to react immediately. I was I played a speed position. I played center field and it was the lead off. I was the first guy to hit usually, and for me it wasn't good enough to go home. I suppose that's the easiest way to put it. I wasn't that rejection wasn't in my DNA. I said I was gonna find a way to make it, and I, I learned through nutrition and fitness, and and that's all there is to it. That's why I teach it full time now. But when I was playing, I thought that there's got to be a way. I have to find a way to make this happen, and that was through. I picked up magazines. I started to be like, I gotta get stronger. I gotta get bigger. These guys are all bigger than me. Have to get faster. I knew that that was how I stood out. So if I wanted to stand out, I had to use that speed and bring it to the next level. And then nutrition as well. I, I was always reading nutrition books. I was always, I was the first one of any of my friends that were cooking for themselves because I knew that I had to use food to get to heal my body, to, to build up, to build muscle and get stronger. So that all played a big role. So let me get this straight. You're 18, 19 years old, sitting in college. You're trying to tell me you were actually reading health and nutrition books. The only reason I say that, because at 18, 19 years old, when I was in the Marine Corps, I can tell you, I damn sure wasn't reading health and nutrition books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I felt like I didn't have a choice, to be honest with you, and no one else was. And, and that kind of carved myself out. I was the go-to guy. So once I started to... Gain, I started to gain muscle mass. I started to get faster. People would come to me. they say, can you make me a program? Can you teach me how to make a meal that's going to help me heal my body? i got a pulled hamstring. We all know at that level, if, if you get injured, they take you out and put someone else in. You may never see the field again. That's why it was so important to stay strong and healthy. But that's what I used. I used food, and I used 
exercise and knowledge to make myself stand out and be a, be a person of value because that's what you need ultimately. Nice. So you played ball in North Carolina. What school was it? I played in, well, okay, let me start off with, I, I went all over the place. I went to, I started in Northern California. Then I went out to South Dakota and then I went back to play at a couple of different schools there. And I went back to Southern California before I signed my pr- first professional contract. Wow. Why so many schools? <laughs> they, they said I have a problem with authority. <laughs> All right. Welcome to my club. <laughs> so yeah. that's awesome. So, so because you can't tow the line, you get to go experience a bunch of other cultures. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. It was cool. It was a great experience. I, I was, well, you know, to be honest with you, if you want to talk about failures yeah. leading to successes, I got down there and I showed up with my bags packed and, and I was like, I want to play. And they're like, well, we have open training, but all the places, everything's filled. Like we don't have a spot for you, but you can try out. So I ended up trying out and they, they thought I was good enough to be a red shirt. So are you, are you familiar with the red shirt? The walk on red shirt. Yeah. All that. Yep. Red so shirt I was, shirt. yeah. So they kept me as a, as a, as a walk on or, or sorry, red shirt. And I stayed there for a year and I worked on my skills. I trained with the team practice. The next year I come back ready to be in the starting lineup and they cut me. No. <laughs> so the, and it, yeah, it was it was a crazy a crazy experience and I was like what do you mean like I've been working with you guys for a year you, you you're building me up you're expecting me to to play and so I had to go and find another team and, and that's what I did you know jump on the phone cold call and and just keep working at it I knew someone was gonna let me play so I contacted another team in a little bit northern California and they said we're looking for a guy with your skills so I go to that school. I end up making the starting lineup, and I make all-team, all-conference that first year. Nice. So, so it was a tougher conference. We actually played them and beat them, and that team that I got cut from. And I also – so first-team, all-conference means that all the all the coaches in the league voted me the best player in my position. Damn, dude. Well done. So thank you. So And, and again, that goes back to the belief I had myself and knowing that I just need to get on the field and show my skills. And once I did, once I had that opportunity, I didn't take it for granted. No, that's awesome. What a cool, cool ride for such a boring sport. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my nephew's a baseballer, a little stud pitcher, and I think he's 12 or 13 years old. So, but would probably be totally geeking out about talking to you right now. But so, what was the last school you were in before you you hit the big times? I ended up graduating from a school, Northern State University in South Dakota. I graduated there. I went back and. I went to a league in Arizona, a professional league in Arizona. It was kind of a spring training tryout kind of thing. You have to be invited. You have to be invited to the league. From there, I went to sign my real first contract to Houston, and so I packed up my bags. You fly across the country. Crazy experience. I show up there. They say, "Oh yeah, we love what you do. You're on the team." I show up, and they have 20 guys at my position, and I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, what's what's going on? Do these guys have the wrong place? And is it like they just want numbers out there so they can make their cuts? And it's crazy experience. There's two days. They tried to they tried to break you down. They tried to get you. I, like I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to get you injured because it was an easy decision if they they right. push you to the side. My play. There's all kinds of guys with way more experience than than I was. They're all all a bit older. And you had to play, you had to ball, you had to do everything you could, and that's what I did. So I ended up making that team, and and 
yeah, it was it was the most intense thing I've ever experienced, probably. Yeah, no kid. I mean, what, so you show up to Houston expecting you got the spot, to only find out that now you got to do it in a whole other tryout against twenty other guys who were thinking the same thing. Yeah, it, it was. It's tough. Like if that's the industry. They don't really like. I, they treat you like a number. They move you in like cattle. They cut you out of the way. Like they, they, everyone talks about, like sports being a family and this yeah. and that. It, like it, it's not anyone that's got gotten the short end of the stick knows that it's a business. And like, for example, I mentioned early on, like in college, like if you got injured, they move someone else in same difference on a higher level. When you go get to the professional level, they're not going to pay you to be injured and they're not going to pay you for rehab at that level. If you sign a major contract and you're making $30 million, that's different. But at this level, they're not going to pay you if you're injured. So if you got hurt or if you had, if you had something come up in your life when you couldn't perform, you're out the door and they'll put someone else in there because, like I said, there's at least 20 guys waiting for your spot. Right, right. Uh, how long did you play with Houston? Uh, that was a short time, just a, just a season there. Um, and I moved on to – man, I was all over the place. I ended up going to – I'll shorten that up. I ended up finding a team that wanted me to go out to Australia. And I was <laughs> like, who wouldn't want to go to Australia? And I was like, a lot of people like, they have baseball out there? I thought the same. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, were you hitting around the kangaroos? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, I got a funny story about that one too, but I, I, so I ended up going to worked it out. So I go out to Australia and I was there for seven months. I played there. And then from there, someone from Germany saw me play in Australia and he's like, Hey, I'd love for you to come and play for one of our teams in, in Germany. I was like, sweet, <laughs> let's go. So, so you were literally Mr. Baseball, the whole Tom Selleck movie where you know he ends up in what Japan, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's a great movie. But yeah, it was it was it was so different being in in different places and different cultures and different languages. So I played another seven months in Germany, and then I came, went back to, came back to the U.S. to play again. So, and it was all back to back to back. I needed to had two week break in between. Because, for example, like I finished my season in the U.S., then Australia has the back, backward seasons different to us. So okay. it was winter here, which would be our off season, but it was their regular season. So I finished here, went straight there and played. Then Germany has our regular season in North America. So okay. then I played in Germany, came back and played another off. So I was there four years on playing without a break, no, <laughs> no off season. Wow. That's that's exhausting. <laughs> Just thinking about it. That's the one thing that I have about baseball is if you miss this game, there's 300 more games coming. I mean, so <laughs> to watch, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's it's funny, but I mean, that's the thing about baseball. Everyone's like, well, like you don't have to be in shape, you don't have to do this or that. But I mean, if you get injured, like I said, you, they move you out of the way, so you have to be healthy for that extended period of time. You have to perform for that extended period of time. And you're all in baseball. There's a term: you're only as good as your last game, right. or you're only as good as your last at bat. And it's always changing. There's always a new game that we don't get breaks. So it was, it was, it's challenging emotionally. It's challenging physically. So that's how we dealt with. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, um, I, you know, I'm glad you're gonna you're gonna open up the eyes of what goes on in those worlds. I mean, I've talked to a couple of guys that were pitchers in the in the major leagues and stuff, and you know that's the thing they always talk about. The two things that they always throw around is everybody thinks you're playing in the big show that you're a millionaire, um, and they think it's all you know sunshine and rainbows. Um, you know, it's it's there is that aspect there, but it's usually because, you know, somebody's written the $30 million contracts and everything else, you know, through it. So, you know, 
what was life like during that time? I mean, was it straight baseball? Was there some relative fame behind it? I mean, was it was it just that moment in time for you or what? Uh, I suppose uh, depend on. I'm not sure where where we can start. Like in the when I was in the U.S., it was a bit different. Like there's always a grind because there's so many different, so many players, so many talented athletes so many guys that had tons of experience I, li- I lived the sport and I wasn't always like this I should mention and in college I like I, I knew I was better I played all sports like I was captain of the I was the guy I was the guy that no one really <laughs> liked and I was captain of the football team we won multiple city championships captain of the baseball team multiple back-to-back city championships um so then I get to the U.S. and I'm I'm not the guy anymore, <laughs> which was a bit challenging to deal with. Um, but so I was good in other sports, but I thought baseball was my best chance to get up at the highest level possible, and um, that you know that that was a, an eye-opening experience. But that that opened up so many doors for me, and and I knew that baseball kind of had to become my life if that's what I wanted to do. So I would watch it on TV. I trained th- during the off season. I trained three times a day. If you can imagine, I was obsessed. I was always in the cages hitting. I was always I was throwing by myself. I would take a bucket of balls and throw against the fence to strengthen my arm. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to at that game. I mean, uh, I, I, in my mind, you'd have to, because if you're not staying on top of it that much, then then somebody else is going to be. Yeah, no question. Yeah. You're going to lose your spot. Yeah. So that's what I did. I would I had a baseball bat in my hand all the time. I'd be watching baseball on TV with a baseball bat in my hand. That's probably, that's probably not good at restaurants. They might look at you funny if you're sitting in a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> might get in some trouble. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. Uh, um, then moving on to Germany, Australia is a bit different because they're only allowed a couple imports. So they pay for imports, and they're also that's a valuable spot. So there was probably a bit more fame out there. I would say I was, they would write about me in mag, some of their magazines. Um, they, they, they would put you, they put you up on, on a pedestal because they know that they're bringing you out there for a purpose and better be better than everybody else because otherwise they'll, they'll send you home and find someone else who is. So that was another experience as well. Yeah. So how did you not get in trouble with, with, uh, alcohol and all the other things? Because, uh, a lot of guys in that profile lifestyle, um, Especially when they're in celebrity status, especially over in the other countries and stuff. How, I mean, was it because you were training and everything so much, or did you get in trouble and I just don't know about it? <laughs> yeah, I got, I got, everyone got, gets in a little bit of trouble now. <laughs> of course, well, some of us, you know, myself, get in a lot more trouble than some. <laughs> um, I was pretty, I was pretty good at being under the radar, I suppose, if things did come up and. Uh, Stepping to the side if if I if I needed to and and keeping that stuff under wraps it's pretty difficult like if you're on if uh, everyone knows about like everyone knows you're getting in trouble you you're gonna get there's gonna be some issues and we had a lot of issues in university uh, just, <laughs> it, was, it was the it was the guys that we were surrounded with and some guys got in big trouble and are still right. <laughs> And other ones that moved on and evolved. I think for me, it was it was the focus and for the love. And I knew that I couldn't be at my best if I was hungover, if I was always partying. And you had those guys. Some guys could perform better, hungover, or half drunk. And those, some of those guys got cut and moved on. And uh, for for me, um, I was involved in alcohol a little bit. No no major drugs, but 
it was important for me to perform at my best, and I think my focus was 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 able to, for me to keep out of trouble for the most part. No, that, that's cool. Um, uh, it, it requires some discipline, some growing up, but but good on you for for being able to, you know, get through all that. So you played for four years. Uh, well, I ended up playing for 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 about ten years, traveling throughout the U.S., university, and then professionally, and then overseas as well. So um, after my are you are you want to get on to my yeah to the next stage yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, after that I suppose I came back I came back to Canada I was traveling around but I don't I remember didn't really take a break and uh, I need I need to make some money to be honest with you I always tell everyone that we uh, they paid us they paid us enough to keep us hungry <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so I needed it was during an off season and I hadn't have an, had an off season for four years so I thought I would start working make make some money so I started at a gym. And uh, people came to me and started asking me questions. I was just like a receptionist. I worked the front desk. And people started coming to me, asking me questions. And then, and I would answer their questions. So they would send their friends over to ask me questions. And I'm like, why aren't they asking like personal trainers or people that work that work in that working here? They're experts, but they kept coming to me. And I was like, well, why don't I get paid for this? So I took a took a course, personal training course, fitness classes, and I decided that was something that I wanted to do during the off season and I ended up having a contract fall through. I was supposed to go back to, was supposed to go back to Europe and play again. The contract fell through. We all have to do our own negotiations and I wanted this. They wanted to offer this not didn't work out. So I'll run through this quickly and then we can break down where you want to. Hey guys, it's Donnie here, and I just want to let you know that we've recently launched a content development company, and this company helps people get social content. You know you need to put out a lot of content nowadays to get engagement out there in all your social platforms, but we've come up with a really cool way to help you get videos, blog posts, memes, social posters, and infographics for you know, whatever social site you need. So check us out at successchamps.us and learn more about how you can get social content for your social media. Support for this podcast comes from Point Blank Safety Services and Blue Family Fund. Point Blank Safety Services does safety differently. We know everyone is on a journey and we want to make sure you get where you're going safely. Professional, trained, ready. There's really no comparison. Here's why hiring Point Blank Safety for your next project will make all the difference and save you huge amounts of stress and hassle. Point Blank Safety Services provides certified, uniformed police officers for a full suite of armed guard services. Don't leave the safety of your project to chance. If you're ready to make sure safety truly comes first for your next project, then visit us at pointblanksafety.com. You're listening to Donnie Success Champions, where I believe Everybody is on a journey. Life is all about the stories you can tell and teach later. You're going to hear the stories of people who have overcome hardships, failures, and life to find success along their journey. I ended up running fitness classes throughout the summer, which went really well. Then I was going to go back to Australia and I was working, I was working on getting a radio show 
So I kept bugging, like for the, for the months I was here, I kept bugging the radio station. I need a show. I need a show. And they finally said yes right before I was supposed to go back. So I was like, well, I mean, I'm kind of enjoying not living out of a suitcase or not having an old grumpy man being a coach or a manager telling me what to do every day. So then I, so I started a radio show and then I was going to go back in December and then I wrote a book all fall, wrote a book and published the book. So I was doing book signing. So I, I don't never really, I never really meant that I was going to stop my career, but I felt like I was naturally pulled in a different direction, which I was okay with. So why did you want to start a radio show of all things? Yeah. Well, when I got into the town, they they told me that you needed to. I didn't know how to market. I, all I did was play baseball. If I wasn't playing, I was training. <laughs> right. So I asked them questions, and they said that you need to get in newspapers or you need to get on the radio because that's what everyone listens to and that's what everyone reads in this in these small towns. So you can get exposure for your business. Because I wanted to start. At that point, I really just wanted to do fitness classes or personal training for the summer because I figured I was gonna leave right away. So that's what I said. I went into this radio station. And I was like, all right, guys, I got this great idea. I want to trade you my expert tips for airtime. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea, isn't it? <laughs> and Except like, if you know that nobody in radio has any money. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're like, sorry, they're like, sorry, guys, or sorry, son, that's not how it works. You, pay, <laughs> you can pay for airtime if you want to have a commercial. So I was like, I don't have any money. I just travel in the world. So I kept going back. I kept going back, and they said that I asked my producer to this day. He'll tell you that once I figured once I figured you weren't going to go away, I had to come up with a solution for you. So <laughs> he presented me with a 15 minute show, 15 minute show, and I said, you know, we got to talk about the finances. And he said, well, this is how it works. Like conventionally in radio, if you have a show, you go and find sponsors that you, that might be beneficial to them for you to be on air and for you to advertise their businesses on your show. So that was I did like introvert to the highest extent, never talked to anyone but my teammates, and I listened to the coaches, didn't talk to them very much. It was that um, – um, I forget what I was going to say. It was the whole authority thing that I didn't right. really have those communications with them. And so I didn't even have a show. So here, here I am in a new town, a new idea, didn't even have the show, and I'm knocking on doors. And I'm like, hey – you got, I got this great idea for a show, but I need a sponsor. I need some money. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> That's and not the best sales pitch in the world. <laughs> no, it was, it was horrible. I couldn't even imagine. But if, if someone came to me at this point, I would be like, it would, like everyone else said. They said, no, get out of here. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> So eventually we eventually found enough sponsors. I think I needed three. I needed three sponsors for the price list that we came up with that was comparable to the radio, what the radio would be charging. And I uh, found the sponsors I needed, and I got on the show. And that show was 15 minutes. I was terrified, horrible for the first 10. Got a little bit better after show 20. 100 shows later, we turned the show. I built a, <coughs> our own website for the show and then started putting them on uh, as podcasts. We could reach around the world. 150 show 150 started syndicating so we syndicated all across canada at least seven different stations at this point in time and uh yeah it's i think it's the only holistic show that's on this many stations being syndicated the way we are nice and what's the name of the show exploring mind and body exploring mind and body so you've got a 15 minute show 30 minutes now so i was 30 oh so you you graduated and got like you got at least decent enough that gave you another 15 minutes um 
and all because you did what you did in your baseball career and just wouldn't take no for an answer. Um, that's how I got anywhere. <laughs> right? That's how I got anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but that's how a lot of people get anywhere. It's the, yeah. uh, the it's it's the unwillingness to 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 give up, right? Is it, you're not going to be back down. You're just going to keep pushing forward with whatever it is, which is, you know, it says a lot about your character. Doesn't mean you're not a little, little crazy, but but you know, there's at least some tenacity there. Um, so you bump up, you get to a syndicated show, which is a pretty cool thing, you know, um, all across Canada, and you've got your sponsors. What do you talk about on the show? It's a holistic health show. So I bring on, it's usually in interview format. I bring on guests and we talk about nutrition, lifestyle, fitness. Sometimes we talk about finance. It's a wide range array. I've been on seven years. So we have listeners, if you can believe that, have started with me. I don't know why they still listen after show. <laughs> but um, I always want different, I always want a variety. And then the radio stations, they want a variety as well. So it's, it's all directed toward natural health. Um, not infomercial. We don't bring on people that just want to sell products. It's all information based, and it's a good uh, it's a good platform to bring on other guests that want to share their services. Because we've, I feel like it, there's so much free information out there. If we offer free information, people will ask for more information if they 100%. want it. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm gonna have to come up there and get on your show and talk about mindset stuff. That'd be fun. Because um, uh, I'm definitely not the natural health dude. So you know, if you <laughs> want to talk about you know drinking a few beers or, or having some Captain Morgan, then you know, life is good. You're my guy. Absolutely. And you know, I will absolutely help all your people out with their health stuff. You know, so that's awesome. So I know you're into a couple of other things too, um, as well. What else are you into besides doing the show? Uh, I suppose if, when we take a step back, I wrote that book uh, a number yep. of years ago now. That was similar. It was actually a bestseller in Calgary, which is a major major city up here in Alberta, Canada. And uh, I wrote that book, and then I did a number of book, book signings all around the city. Ended up being on one of the bestseller lists from some of the bookstores that put around put it around the city, uh, which is a which is a big deal. I got on the local news. We have. Uh, in that city now, there's about 1.2 million, so it's a, it's a pretty big deal. It's nice, awesome. well done. Thank you. Um, so, so that was that was exciting, and that's something that we continue to promote. And it's a 30-day meal plan. We teach people how to avoid toxins in their life. The book's called Detoxify Yourself, and a lot of people are looking for simple ways to Im- improve their quality of life. And I think that if we look from the inside out and learn how to live a detox lifestyle, then that's something that we can help other people with. No, that's awesome. How much do you think food helped you with your career as far as mindset, capabilities, everything? It was everything, without question. I played with guys that were way better than me. That's the bottom line. They had better, more experience than me. Maybe they didn't have the drive or the determination, but their skills would stand out on the field. But for me, I was consistent. I always performed. I got better when it came to crunch time. I was always better in the clutch. And that comes from food because if my mind wasn't clear, like, for example, you look at healthy fats that a lot of people are scared of. Your brain is made of fat. So if you're not, if you're not replacing those, that, those fat cells with healthy fat cells, then you're not, you don't have that mental clarity that you need. And that we see that in, with entrepreneurs and business owners now. They don't eat properly. I don't know how they have the, the mindset that they need to have that mental clarity to perform at their best. And then for me to be, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. I broke my finger in Australia. I landed on my glove. It was muddy. And I snapped my hand back. My hand was like a balloon. 
and I I finished the season. If you can imagine, the, I didn't know it was broken. I taped it up. And I was like, not keeping me off the field. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the championships, and um, I went I went back to Canada for a couple of weeks. Went to the doctor, and they're like, you, you broke your hand, and they're like, but it's healed. And they brought in three other nurses and a doctor, and they're like, yep, it was broken and it's healed. And they couldn't believe it. And but that's from living a healthy lifestyle and being a, having a strong immune system, having strong ligaments and muscles and, and being able to fight off disease and, and heal your, your muscles rapidly. So um, that was an eye-opening story for me to be able to have actual professionals be like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, no, that, that's what, you know, you know, for me is a couple of things that I, you know, just found over the years of being a speaker and, you know, uh, training in front of rooms and whatnot, you know, if, is, is what I eat before an event affects everything about that event. Um, I had to completely remove anything with bread prior to going on stage. And for some reason, bread was a, a thing for me that just drained and zapped my energy. And I don't know why, but um, uh, it got to the point to where I couldn't eat anything prior to going on stage. Um, you know, and uh, uh, people have told me, you know, that's not true. It's not a thing. I'm like, well, you know, I know my body, you know. <laughs> the thing. Uh, Right, 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 right. All the way. Um, what's some quick tips that people can do to to at least venture down that 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 alley? Because I mean, I get a lot of business listeners to the show, and um, as we get older, we start thinking about our health and things. Um, you know, uh, you know, what are some of the things people should be paying attention to in their lives? Outside of not eating in the dollar menu at every fast food joint in town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, business owners are the worst. Like, we don't well, have time for anything, right? Yeah, well, I mean, that's it. We're, we're running 100 miles an hour, and it's just, it, for time's sake, it's so much easier to swing by a fast food joint. And even though you tell yourself, I'm going to get the healthy option, healthy option, healthy option, I'll take the number two, please. Take <laughs> <laughs> to the counter and just break down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think mindset. You got, we got to start with mindset and understanding that, like, like you said, like if you're always in denial of like, no, food doesn't affect my my ability to, to to perform on stage, or when you're sitting there with with a coaching call or in a business meeting and you're falling asleep, like, it's, there's there's without question, food affects your ability to perform on any level, and it only heightens. Like, could you imagine if Olympic athletes they didn't concern themselves with food, like, right? They're like, eh, I, don't, I don't really need that stuff. Like they wouldn't be there. They just wouldn't be there. There's, there's no question about it. So I think the mi- mindset, and you talk about mindset, Donnie, if you mention, if you change your mindset that, that if there's business owners or entrepreneurs listening, that you need to understand that this will make a difference. Like we know what it's like to run. You're, you're running 12, 15-hour days, and you get a couple hours sleep, and you get up and do it again. Like any successful entrepreneur or or, or business owners that are trying to be successful know what that's like. But think about the energy, the increased energy that you would have, the increased mental clearness, the ability to function on little, small, a uh, few hours of sleep when you're nutritionizing your body properly, putting easy to digest foods in your body, and you're sleeping well for the short amount of time you do get to sleep, and you're performing at your best other than laying around with greasy food when you eat you eat once or twice a day and you're being like, oh, well, I don't have any energy. I'm not really doing well, but I can't figure out why. Right, right. Well, you know, I love how – and that's awesome. I love how Zig Ziglar put it one time in one of his speeches. He's like, you know, if you had a million-dollar racehorse, 
would you feed that million dollar racehorse beers, cigarettes, Snickers bars, you know, McDonald's burgers, Jack in a box? And the answer is no way in hell. Well, what people don't understand is they are that million dollar racehorse and they're feeding them beer and rum and cigars and fast food restaurants. You know, uh, uh, our bodies are, you know, the only vessel we get. So we might as well, in my case, start taking care of them or in most people's case, really do something to better and further their lives and their careers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got this, like you said, we have this one body. That's what, that's what we have. Like you could have a bunch, you could buy cars, you could, you could buy houses, you could buy a lot of material things, but we have one body to take care of and that's it. You don't get a second chance, at least in this lifetime. That's what you got. So why not do everything you can to take care of it? Take care of your investment, what, what you have and what you have to work with. If, if we know that's what we got to work with, we have right. to start paying attention to what we're doing with it, how we're treating our body, the nutrients we're putting in it, or the detrimental toxins that we're putting in it. We're either helping our body or we're, prevent, or, or we're holding our body back. And it doesn't matter where you want to be in life. I think we all want to be at the optimal level. Right. No, absolutely. And uh, peak performance, what keeps coming into mind is, you know, if you're not forming at the top of your game, then everything's affected. You know, it's it's yeah, comparable. My truck I drive around requires that I put in the premium gasoline. Well, there's times I'm just tired of spending that much damn money, so I go put the the regular stuff in. My truck knows every time I put the regular stuff in because it just does not function like it's supposed to. I'm like, damn it. You know, and it lets you know, right? Yeah, 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 totally. And, and I'm assuming your bodies are the same way. Just like our bodies. Like if, if you're not sleeping well, if you're not getting a good night's sleep, we got to look at nutrition. We got to look at our activity level. If you're not, if you're not, so I guess if you're not sleeping well to begin with, if you don't have energy, I mean, look at your food. Like I grew up with a, a, guy, a bunch of guys. I would, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Canada. Would you be familiar with Canada, Donnie? Um, I've been through Newfoundland. I've flown through Toronto. Um, I've heard of Calgary and I know where Vancouver is. That, that's my extent. Okay. So if you look at Alberta and you compare it to like a U.S. state, it'd be, I can, would compare it to like a Texas, for example. Okay. Um, they, they have money here. They have um, big trucks. They have, we have this thing called Alberta beef, um, a lot of cattle, a lot of beef here. All right. Only- so if I ever moved out to Canada, Alberta, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It'd, it'd be a perfect fit for you. Um, but oil is a big industry as well, much like okay. Texas. So if we look at, if if we we look at the guys that I grew up with, they're all in the corporate world since they're 18. They've been working in the oil. They work downtown. And, um, so they'll, they'll go for lunch and I'll go for lunch with them and and I'll order like a salad. I ordered a quinoa salad. And of course that's not very manly. (laughs) No, the fact that you just said quinoa made me giggle. So, (laughs) (laughs) right. Don't worry. I know where you're coming from. So these are the guys I grew up with. Probably not too different from the guys that you would grow up Absolutely. with. So we're sitting around the table. They're ordering beers. I'm ordering a salad. And, of course, everyone's chirping at me and letting me know what they feel about my glass of water. Of my course, glass of you're not getting away with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now, so let me, I'll take you back. That was about four years ago, four year, three, four years ago. And now we're getting a bit older, right? These guys are getting a bit older. They can't figure out why they don't have energy. They're get, they're moving higher up in ranks themselves. So now they have teams to manage. Now they have kids and families. So we flip the script now 
And the guys are looking at me what I'm ordering because they're considering ordering the same thing and skipping out on the beer at lunch. <laughs> well, you know, me is I my my wife and I we always have this conversation is we're gonna eat healthy, right? You know, let's let's we're gonna go for a while. We're gonna do some healthy, and everything starts out proper. Like you know, so I'll have the chicken breast. I'll have like the green beans. And then the bacon and the cheese and the mushrooms, you know, and, you know, it starts out as a good plan. So I, I like how you talk about the mental game, the mental side of things, because it has to be. Because somewhere along the way, we've convinced ourselves that the food we're consuming is good, right? And and even when we know that it's not good for us, we're we're playing the game for the now versus where we need to be for the future, so um, how do you work with somebody on mindset so much? I think it's having conversations. And like what you said, there's people, a lot of times people say is I don't have, don't have time for that. Don't have time to work out. I run busy businesses. I have people to manage. I don't have time to eat right. And like there's this, there's always a quote that I think many of us heard that says, if you don't have time for your health now, ultimately you'll have time for your health later when you're sitting in, you're, you're sitting in the hospital, or you're standing in, um, uh, clinics waiting for your medication because that's right. the road that we're going down to, down and there's there's no way there's no way around it like working with individuals and helping them understand it I think it comes back to conversations and asking them to try different things and seeing how their body reacts I'm not a person like we don't teach um, our business true form like we don't teach counting calories we don't teach weighing food we don't teach focusing on one macronutrient it's kind of funny people are always obsessed with one macronutrient so uh, you, just just for, for me what the heck is a macronutrient so macronutrients are like they that's how they separate them into food groups so we have protein is a macronutrient carbs fats and then we have fiber antioxidants so four main macronutrient groups so most people are obsessed. They're like, I got to get enough protein. There's not enough protein in that. So that's what they obsess on. Always protein, protein. Then you have people like, oh, can't have any carbs. So we have this keto diet that's going crazy. Then you have the you have paleo, paleo diet. You have the Atkins diet. No carbs. Dude, the paleo diet, that's like the caveman diet. I mean, that's just like eat anything you want as long as it's not made by somebody, you know. So the way somebody explained paleo to me is if a caveman would eat it, you could eat it. Yeah, and it's tough because then they have they have different paleos from different levels, you know, right. like for, for, from different eras. So it's a bit, <laughs> gets a bit shady there. So for <laughs> us, we like to keep things simple. So instead of being focused or obsessed on calories or weighing or a macronutrient, we want you to get the we want you to look at um, a well balance of them. So well balance of each one of them. So we're not obsessed. We're not having too much of of any of them. And I think it comes for us. It goes to reading ingredients. We want you to pay attention to the ingredients label, not the what do you what do you call the the value? Like the the nutritional value is much different than the ingredients. And like. The grocery industry is built on deception. It's unfortunate, but it's true. So they need to have products that have no, that have unlimited shelf life that will never expire. Right. Because if their products expire, they're going to, they're going to have to throw them away and they lose money. So they need products that have preservatives that in them that are toxic to our bodies. They need products that look good and taste good. And unfortunately, those are the products that we need to stay away from. So we have to read ingredients and you have to pay attention to sugar consumption, the oils that are put in the food, the toxins. So easy way to put it is if I say, if you can't read or pronounce every single thing on that label, you shouldn't put it in your body. It's done. Well, what if I'm a Marine and can't use big words? 
I mean, like, you know, anything over four letters and I'm out, can I still eat it? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, it's over. <laughs> Put it back I on can't the eat shelf. It. I can't eat anything. <laughs> but, I mean, that, but yeah. those long words, they're chemicals. They're usually MSG. Like I said, toxins, preservatives, they're, pro- they're things that we our bodies can't process, turn into energy, doesn't break down, usually stored as body fat. Well, and here's an interesting thing. So we have a garden, and I'm not a very good gardener. You know, I have a small farm, right? But we have a small garden on there. If we grow lettuce. This is the, my biggest tell for the grocery chains. If we grow lettuce and I pull lettuce out of the ground and take it in my house, I've got maybe a week, right? Before it's wilting and it turns brown and it gets nasty, right? And right before then, I better get it out to the chickens because once it turns, nobody's eating it, right? If I go buy a bag of lettuce from the grocery store, that crap will sit in my refrigerator for weeks. You know, because of the plastic and everything else I put on it. So I get that portion. I get that portion, you know. Um, And people don't don't always take in their head, you know, once they consume that, your body is not meant to break down all that crap. So doesn't doesn't know how. And, and, you know, it's a whole other discussing conversation, but it doesn't come out well either, you know. (laughs) Uh, Another crazy one is my wife and I did the paleo diet once upon a time, and so we knocked out all bread in our lives. And my wife, when we now I can eat bread just fine, but we actually had to take her in to get fully celiac tested because she kept getting violently ill, um, and she turned out being completely celiac, which is the the more extreme version of uh, uh, gluten tolerant, you know, gluten intolerant. Um, but it was only because we eliminated all that from from our system that we discovered she had a real problem with it because um, her body had built up some sort of tolerance. And what the doctors have always told her is it's, it's not a intolerance. It's an intolerance of all the other things they put in breads, right? Exactly. It's all, all the other chemicals and everything that they put in there. That's what's getting her. So it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at a bread, like a loaf of bread, it has, 50 ingredients bread and crackers are probably the two worst if you're not looking at like cookies and chips <laughs> like <laughs> bread and crackers like, like could be a considered cleaner type of option there's tons and tons of ingredients and those things we shouldn't be putting in our bodies and and everyone wants to know like what why everyone's gluten intolerant or like everyone has these gluten issues like it's just like what you said it's not the bread it's what they put in the bread and it's not like we don't go to the corner corner and go to like mom and pop bakery that they're making fresh themselves we're importing breads from all over the world that need so many preservatives they'll last for months so they can put them on the shelves and make their money so that's why we have to go back to reading ingredients yeah no that's huge that's huge man you're doing a lot of cool things and i love that you're taking your tenacity and passion to helping people with their health and their nutrition and everything else um it's obviously done some amazing things for you i mean hell it even turned your hair blue so (laughs) (laughs) blew my own hair back (laughs) um you know uh this has been a fun ride brother i I really enjoyed having you coming on the show and and sharing your, your story with us um, here's how I like to wrap up everything um, with every show and, and stand by because I do stump some people with this question. So bring it. Um, if you could leave my audience with a quote, a phrase, a saying, a mantra, something they can take with them on their journey um, as they're going through life, what would be that quote and phrase that you would say, remember this? 
<laughs> Can I have two or just one? Yeah, no, bring two. I don't mind. All right. I don't know if this is uh, this is well known for everyone around, but I'm sure you've heard it, Donnie. And I got to say, be the change you want to see in the world. Love that one, man. That's uh, Gandhi. And yep. I mean, for us as business business owners, we have to walk the walk and, and, and talk the talk. And if you want to survive in a, the, we talked to all my all of my failures with sports and moving up to the business level. That doesn't even compare to the failure that I've dealt with. Over the <laughs> I can't <last>. see it. <laughs> um, so if if you want to succeed as a business owner, you, you have to live the lifestyle. You have to be willing to handle failure. You have to be able to dust yourself off and get back up. So be that change, be that person, be that person that's going to shine light on other people, regardless of how well your day is going. No, that's awesome. And my other one is just, it's my own. And I just say it's time we start coming up with better solutions instead of better excuses. And I got that. I've had that for years just because of what in personal training world, fitness world, you ask people, did you do your workout? And did you do your, did you, did you eat right? And the excuses, I could write down a list, <laughs> an endless list. So I just say, instead of continuing to add to your excuse list, start adding to your solution, solution list. And that's going to change your life. That's awesome. That's awesome. Drew, man, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, brother. Thanks for jumping on here and sharing your story. Where do people find out more information about you? Our main website's trueformlife.com. This is where we do at-home workouts, meal planning, recipe grocery shopping lists. We do everything that we, we make it easy for you to start living a healthy lifestyle. My, my, that's my, you can find my radio show on there as well, but we have a separate website, exploringmindandbody.com. And then we have all our products on those sites. So that'd be a great way to connect. We're all over social media. We run our business mainly online and we're very personal, very open, honest. And uh, if you, if anyone, your listeners need some help, we'd, we'd definitely be able to hook them up with whatever they need. That's awesome, brother. Drew, thanks again for doing this, man. I really appreciate it being part of your story and, and hearing everything you're into. It was awesome, Donnie. I can't thank you enough. Great questions. Great conversation. I hope your audience got something out of it. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for listening to Donnie Success Champions podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our current guest today, or if you'd like to hear stories from our other guests on the show, come hang out with us on our website at successchampspodcast.com. I really appreciate you tuning in. If you need to reach out to me for any reason, you can catch me at Donnie at DonnieBovine.com. Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, the emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you.
Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.